Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Tuesday, February 15th, 2022, and we are live. Hope everybody's doing well today. Well, it's been a very busy day, and uh, I was editing the video of yesterday's show also, and our Sunday show, so we have our Sunday show rebroadcasting our Super Bowl edition of the African History Network show. That's rebroadcasting on our social media platforms and our Facebook fan page, the African History Network. So um, I've been looking at these articles dealing with Shikari Richardson, and uh, I read through a few of the articles, or a number of them actually. Some of them were kind of redundant. And remember, uh, Shikari Richardson was... Um, Back in uh, June, uh, well, June and July of 2021, she was suspended um, from the Olympics, was not allowed to compete in the uh, Summer Olympics, okay? And uh, she was suspended in June, and then also um, in July, she was suspended from the um, um, the relay as well because we thought she may make the relay race she was suspended from that as well so you you have this issue with um this russian ice skater uh camila valiva um and there's a good article from uh buzzfeed news dealing with this also good article from buzzfeednews.com Shikai Richardson wants to know why she was banned from the Olympics when a Russian skater who failed a drug test was allowed. So, um, so I looked at a number of different articles dealing with this, and there's a really good one, uh, a good one from thegrill.com also by um, Deron Snyder that really gets at the uh, salient points on this. So we're going to talk about this on today's show. Is this a double standard? Uh, we know it was the U.S. anti-doping uh, agency that uh, banned uh, Shikari. And we know she admitted to using marijuana. Uh, her mother had recently died and she was trying to cope with the death of her mother. So she was only suspended for um one month she could have been suspended for three months she entered into a uh uh drug counseling program also but she was not allowed to compete in the olympics so this is a good piece from uh buzzfeed news today shikari richardson wants to know why she was banned from the olympics when a russian skater who failed a drug test was allowed so uh, on the on the Black News Channel uh, on Monday, February 14th, uh, Terrence Moore, sports contributor at Forbes.com, Forbes was interviewed by uh, Niera Hawk on The World Tonight. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to share that interview also, because he since he writes about sports, he brought a good perspective to this as well. But this is a uh, this is an interesting situation, and it's the um, International Olympics uh, Committee. 
the the IOC that is allowing uh, the Russian skater uh, Kamila Valiba uh, to to compete. Okay, but there's some stipulations. There's some stipulations. So we'll talk about this, and then also we'll discuss. Um, the, the, there was a piece yesterday, article yesterday. I did not get a chance to get to, and that's dealing with Brian Flores. Uh, former Miami Dolphins head coach who's suing the NFL. Uh, he's going to amend his lawsuit to include a claim against the Houston Texans for retaliation. He's going to amend his lawsuit to include a claim against the Houston Texans for retaliation. Okay. Uh, so we'll talk about that on uh, today's show also. Right now on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world, because right now it's correct your own behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is going, it, it, what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself, what you think about yourself. It's based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon what you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man or a woman's thoughts, you can control the circumference of his or her actions because the mind can't do it, teach what it doesn't know. All right. Uh, sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, the 22828, the sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, the 22828, the sign up for our email newsletter. Also visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can sign up for our email newsletter there as well. Okay, so I want to uh, I want to jump into this first story here. So it's a good uh, good article from uh, BuzzFeed, and we're going to look at the U.S. anti-doping uh, laws as well as 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 we did back in uh, uh, late June of uh, 2021 uh, when all this came down. So Shakira Richardson wants to know why she was banned from Olympics, why she was banned from the Olympics when a Russian skater was uh, who failed a drug test was allowed to skate. The only difference I see is I'm a black young lady, she said. This, uh, she tweeted this. The only difference I see is I'm a black young lady. So if you look at this piece written by uh, Julia uh, Reinstein, for a BuzzFeed. So Camila Valieva, the 15-year-old Russian figure skater who tested positive for a banned substance ahead of the Beijing Olympics, will still be allowed to compete in her event, officials announced on Monday, uh, Monday, February 14th. If she wins, however, if she wins, no medal ceremony will be held until the investigation is complete. Now, something else that's strange is that uh, Camila uh, failed the drug test in December, but we just found out about it like a couple of days ago. That's kind of strange also. All right. So arbitration, let me increase the size of this also. Arbitrator, the decision was because the athlete is considered, quote unquote, a protected, a protected person 
due to her age. She's 15 years old. She's a minor. So she's considered a protected person due to her age, adding that it would be unfair to suspend her and would cause her irreparable harm. Okay. Well, so you have a lot of people saying, well, when Shikari Richardson was suspended, that's causing her irreparable harm. And Shikari admitted to it, owned up to what happened, explained the situation. Here, Camila is saying that she got, uh, she, she accidentally took her grandfather's medication. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Camila, who is seen as the favorite to win the women's singles uh, event, starting Tuesday, uh, today, February 15th, she tested positive for trimetazidine, uh, uh, a heart medication that may boost stamina. Now, the decision drummed up widespread outcry, particularly because of Russia's history of Olympic doping scandals because of Russia's history of Olympic, uh, of Olympic doping scandals. But the ruling also, also has raised comparisons to another Olympic drug testing incident, one that was handled very differently for another athlete who uh, Valieva uh, was favored to win, was favored to win her event as well, Shikari Richardson. So in July 2021, U.S. track star Shakari Richardson was disqualified from the 100-meter race at the Tokyo, Tokyo Olympics, as we all remember, and faced a one-month ban after testing positive for cannabis. The 21-year-old athlete said she used it to cope with her mother's death. So her biological mother had recently passed away. She found out from a reporter that a biological mother passed away. She wasn't raised by her, her biological mother, okay? Uh, she was raised by her grandmother. So she was coping with all of this, so she smoked marijuana, all right? Now, when we come back from the break, also we're gonna look at the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency's uh, rules when it comes to cannabis. Listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. STEM Forward, helping our community find their place in the emerging fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Join us for our monthly live stream on our website, stemforwardedu.org. Watch, subscribe, share. Also join our mailing list to stay up to date with STEM resources and opportunities. STEM Forward, the future is now. Watch, subscribe, share. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry, it's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre, I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. 
within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me. And she's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Tuesday, February 15th, 2022, and we are live. Uh, you can still register for the online classes I teach on Saturdays and Sundays. On Saturdays, it is Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, where they didn't teach in school. We deal with thousands of years of history and what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. This is a 10-week online course that I teach. We had a great session this past weekend. As soon as you register, you can watch the class we just did this past weekend. So the class is on sale, $80, regularly $130. Um, we do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. You can go back and watch it anytime. So a year from now, if you want to go back and watch the class in its entirety, you can do that. And then on Sundays, um, I teach from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power. 1865 to 1968. So next class is um, February 19th and uh, February 20th. Okay. We have a bundle pack. You can register for both classes for only $120. Uh, that's a $260 value. If you've taken classes with me in the past, email me at ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com, ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com, and you'll get a uh, 50% discount. All right. So visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com also. Okay, let's continue. Uh, so right, we're going to clip one here in just a second, Shakita. Okay, so right before the break, we were looking at this piece from um, BuzzFeed News. Uh, so I looked at a number of different articles on this because I saw headlines uh, of different articles. And I was thinking about dealing with this topic on yesterday's show, but it required a lot more research. Uh, it required more research than I had time to do for Monday's show. So I said, we'll talk about it today. So we remember in July, 2021, uh, Shakari Richardson was disqualified from the 100 meter race at the Tokyo Olympics. Now in an interview on NBC news, uh, on NBC news today's show, uh, after she was disqualified, Shakari Richardson apologized for her actions and explained she had ingested cannabis after the news of her uh, of her mother's death sent her into an emotional panic. After the news of her mother's death sent her into an emotional panic, she said, "I want to hold on." Wait. Okay, she said, I want to take responsibility. Hold on, looks like the book. Okay, I need to adjust the volume. She said, I want to take responsibility for actions. Uh, Shakari Richardson said, I know what I did. I know what I'm supposed to do, what I'm allowed not to do, and I still made that decision. And then when she, she appealed the decision also, and she lost on appeal. Now, I said because of 
the extenuating circumstances and the fact that she actually owned up to uh, what happened, um, I thought they should have made an exception for her for the 100 meter race, not 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 for the relay race, because with the relay race, if you remember um, with the relay race, they had already told the women who was going to be on the uh, U.S. relay team. They are they already told them that they were going to be on the team before uh, Shakira Richardson's test results came back. So they weren't going to say, well, even though we told you you're going to be on the team. We're going to take your slot and give it to somebody else to fill the drug test. That, that wasn't going to happen. So let's continue here. Uh, so following Monday's ruling, Monday, February 14th, following Monday's ruling, Shakira Richardson questioned why she lost her chance to compete at the Olympics. But um, uh, Valieva, Valieva won't, won't suggesting there was a racial bias in the decision. So here's a tweet. From Shikari, she said, can we get a solid answer on the difference of her situation and mine? She put an S on the end of mine. There is no S on the end of mine. Okay. Uh, so can we get a solid answer on the difference of her situation and mine? My mother died and I can't run and was favored and was also favored to place top three. The only difference I see is I'm a black young lady. So there was, um, I, I'm going to send you this second uh, clip here, Shakita uh, from USA Today, because we have the official here from the IOC. We're going to go to that uh, next. I want to go to this clip here from um, the Black News Channel. Terrence Moore, who writes for uh, Forbes.com, who, write, who, who writes for uh uh, writes for uh, the sports section for Forbes. He's a sports contributor for Forbes.com, Terrence Moore. He spoke with Naira Hawk on The World Tonight on the Black News Channel on Monday, February 14th about this uh, uh, double standard for African-American athletes. Let's go to this clip, Shakita. A doping controversy at the Olympic Games has folks up in arms back here in the United States. A 15-year-old Russian figure skater has been cleared to continue competing in the Winter Olympics despite failing a drug test before the Games. Now that means Kamila Valeva, the favorite for the gold medal, will be able to compete in the short program of the women's singles competition tomorrow. She's already helped Russia win gold in the team event for figure skating. That's before her failed test became known. She was immediately suspended, but challenged the ban and won. Well, that doesn't sit well with Shakari Richardson, the American track star who won last year's Olympic trials and the 100-meter dash. She was left off the Olympic team after a positive test for marijuana cost her a one-month suspension, which then caused her to miss the Olympic Games in Tokyo. Today, Shakari tweeted this message. Can we get a solid answer on the difference of her situation and mine? My mother died, and I can't run. I was also favored to place top three. The only difference I see is I'm a black young lady. Well, as for Camila Valieva, the International Olympic Committee now says the case against her is ongoing, which means the medals she and her team won are on hold. And if she wins again tomorrow, the validity of that medal will also be determined later. 
Joining us now to unpack all of this is Terrence Moore. He's a sports contributor at Forbes.com. Terrence, let's start first with what's going on with the Russian figure skaters. 15 years old, the team's already under a lot of controversy. How is it that she can move forward, but no one's going to get a medal? Okay, I mean, you got two things going on here. First of all, you've got the International Olympic Committee, otherwise known as the AIOC, which is one of the most corrupt entities on the face of the earth. Okay? The second bucket here is the racism that we're seeing come flying out of the closet, not only nationally here, but also internationally across the country. And it's equal parts both. I mean, let's start with the International Olympic Committee. Why are these games in Russia, or in China, I should say? I mean, China, with all the human rights abuses they have and the Taiwan situation there, well, I'll tell you why. It's because of money. The IOC is all about money. Just uh, eight years ago, they had the Olympics in, wait for it, in Russia, the Winter Olympics. So you've got all that going, I guess. And another quick thing, I've covered three Olympic uh, games, sets of games in my day, and I covered one in 1994 in Norway, the Winter Olympics. And that was the famous one with Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan, right? That's when Tanya Harding admitted to hiring somebody to, to try to whack Nancy Kerrigan, at least in the knees, you know, and, and did harm to her. Yet, the International Olympic Committee allowed Tanya Harding to compete at the Olympics. So that's what we're dealing with here. You are talking about the infamous Lillehammer Olympics, but it has become more and more clear that, as you mentioned, the, the corruption is now out in the open with the Sochi Olympics now in Beijing, where the Chinese are facing multiple diplomatic boycotts. So if they allow the Russian figure skater to continue, is that how, how does that square up against the fact that Shakari couldn't even make it to the Olympics? Right, and here's, here's the thing that's so sad about all this. The IOC could care less because, I mean, it makes them look totally ridiculous. Because, I mean, let's compare the two cases. You got Richardson, who tested positive for marijuana and admitted it, by the way, okay? I'm not a marijuana user, but, you know, what people say, I was at the Super Bowl and, 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 and I saw Snoop Dogg, and he'll tell you that marijuana makes you mellow, all right? And, and, and then you got the situation with this Russian skater who takes this performance-enhancing drug that slows down a heart that causes you to have more stamina. I mean, which one is more dangerous? And yet, and what makes it even worse is the Russian skater, she tested positive back in December, but we're just not finding out about it. So, I mean, it, it, again, it just goes back to flat-out corruption and Richardson has it exactly right. You cannot ignore the racial element here because that is mm -hmm. all over the situation. Well, and marijuana is not on the list of performance-enhancing drugs, and it is legal for recreational use, as we know, in California from watching Snoop Dogg talk last night. So it's, it's a disparity, not just of racial dynamics, but also of which systems are designed to hold people accountable? The Russians will do whatever they need to to win. Yet the Americans, you know, why, why are we holding someone like Shakari to a higher standard? Yeah, you bring up a good point because I, I mentioned the International Olympic Committee. When it came to Richardson, I mean, that wasn't so much the IOC. Eight. That was U.S. Anti-Doping Committee. Yeah, U.S. Anti-Doping Committee. Okay, pause it right there, Shakita. Back it up about 30 seconds or a minute. Okay, we're coming up on a break. We're going to continue this on the other side of the break. We'll let you hear the rest of that clip. 
Then we will look at the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency's policies on marijuana. And we went, I went through this back in July and broke this down more so than most people. You listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. What does self-care mean to you? To us, it's an opportunity to reconnect with nature. A chance to create something remarkable. At Sage and Elm Apothecary, our handcrafted skin care and household products immerse you in Earth's sweetest nectar, connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined. See for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com. Mental health and well-being have long been a taboo subject in the so-called African-American community. So I enlisted the help of mental health experts, thought leaders, and activists to help kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and heal from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We experience trauma a lot of times um, on a subconscious level. So sometimes something happens to us and we know that it's traumatizing, but we don't really recognize the extent of the trauma. They are emotionally constipated and emotionally obese because again, all the things that we experienced in childhood, we've suffocated and we stored in our body. It's a time to kill and it's a time to heal. We've been haunted by the ghost of Willie Lynch and his doctrine of self-refueling trauma for too long. It's time for Willie to die. Die, Willie. It's time to be the ghost LOXD block. It's time to kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and get out the matrix. Check out my man Ron Life Speaks at DieWillie.com. Network show we deal with current events and history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Unfortunately, many people confuse what racism is. Racism is a power structure. It was laws and policies that put us in this predicament. It's going to be laws and policies that take us out. So when you control the radius of a man or woman's thoughts, you control the compass of his or her actions because the mind can't do what teach what it doesn't know. We have it all on 910 AM Superstation. 910, the Superstation, the oldest radio station in town since 1922. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. It is Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. All right, calling numbers 313-778-7600. If you have a question or comment, 313-778-7600. 7,600 is the call-in number if you have a question or comment. So right before the break, uh, we were looking at this piece from, um, it's a good article from BuzzFeed.com that deals with uh, Shakari Richardson in this double standard, it appears, in the Olympics uh, between uh, Camila uh, Valieva the uh, Russian ice skater who's favored to win a gold medal, uh, who is being allowed to compete. Now, this is the um, uh, International Olympic Committee that's allowing her to compete, even though she tested positive for banned substance. Okay. And she's 15 years old. So uh, they're saying that she's in a protected class now. However, we're going to get to this after this clip. We're going back to the clip here in just a second, Shakita. The uh, U.S. Anti-Doping Agency disagrees. This is what's interesting with this. 
the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency disagrees with the uh, with the conclusion of the IOC. All right. And this is something that this article from BuzzFeed outlines. And then also we're going to go. Uh, I sent you clip two. Also, Shakita, we'll go to that next from USA Today. Um, we'll go to um, uh, clip two in just a minute here. All right. So I want to go back to this clip. This is Terrence Moore, who's a, a sports contributor for Forbes.com. He spoke with Nayara Hawk on uh, the world uh, tonight on the Black News Channel. Let's go back to this clip. Holding someone like Shakari to a higher standard. Yeah, you bring up a good point because I, I mentioned the International Olympic Committee. When it came to Richardson, I mean, that wasn't so much IOC. That was U.S. Anti-Doping Committee mm -hmm. or, or Commission or whatever they they call themselves. So I mean, that's like right here in, the, in this country. So it just just tells you you can you can you know you can take the high road and say as you just said that they're just putting these these American athletes. Black athletes on a higher standard, or you can go for what it is. It does look like there's a racial element to this thing. I mean, Richardson was supposed to be the shining star in this in, the, in this last Olympics in, to in Tokyo. I mean, here she is, Flojo is our hero, and she's she's flashy, and she's also good. But you can have a hundred meter dash, and then you just pull the rug underneath her. I mean, if, if you want to think mm -hmm. sinister like, you could say that. Well, is it that even people in this country didn't want to see her succeed? I don't know. But it just looked very, very mm -hmm. strange, given what's happening with this Russian skater. Well, and the, the Russian story is even more sinister because the uh, coach is under investigation, and she's apparently notorious for grooming young skaters yeah. and uh, running them out that can't skate even beyond the age of 17. So uh, what, where does balance then come up on the world stage, right? I, I get the we have standards, and we're going to do things the way Americans do them, but at some point, why are we getting penalized on a global stage, and why are we doing this to ourselves? Well, I mean, this is good. this is going to be something that well, first of all, this has been going on forever. It's not going to change anytime soon. I mean, the hypocrisy again when it comes to the IOC and these various uh, you know, ruling bodies of, of international competition. They, you know, they don't care that they look totally ridiculous when it comes to these things. And, and the thing that's so hideous about this, I mean, you, you know, you got the IOC in the situation said that well, she's only 15 years old, so out of fairness, out of fairness. What? What are you talking about here? I mean, that's laughable on his, on his face because he wanted to be fair. Richardson, again, who admitted to not only using marijuana, but saying that it was because of the death of her mother, then the fairness would be to say, okay, let's give her a break, particularly since she, she confessed to it. So it just tells you right off the bat that it's all financially motivated by not only the IOC, but, but many, if not all, of these various uh, Olympic uh, governing bodies, including right here in the United States, I hate to say it, but it looks that way too. Mm -hmm. Sports is not the great equalizer as we would like to think it is. Terrence Moore, contributor at Forbes.com and veteran sports commentator, thank you for joining us tonight. Okay, so that was uh, from uh, the Black News Channel. That was Terrence Moore who writes for Forbes.com. Uh, that clip is from uh, Monday, February 14th, 2022. All right. So uh, I want to go back here to this this piece, this article from um, BuzzFeed. 
Uh, okay, that's not the one I want. I want this one here from BuzzFeed. Let me go back to this. Just one second here. All right. So uh, we're going to clip two here in just a second from the uh, USA Today, uh, Shakita. Okay, so um, she asked, can we get a solid answer? Shikari asked, can we get a solid answer? Uh, now, a representative for Shikari Richardson did not immediately reply to a request for comment. In an interview on CNN on Tuesday, February 15th, former Olympic figure, uh, former Olympic figure skater, Caitlin Weaver, said her heart goes out to Shakari Richardson over the ruling. So Shakari's getting a lot of uh, support from uh, former Olympians uh, because of this ruling. And even the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency is disagreeing with the IOC on their, on their ruling. Uh, Caitlin Weaver said, what about the people that can't compete because of the same rules. I just don't understand why we have to treat this case differently. I just don't understand why we have to treat this case differently. Okay, here's a tweet, uh, the recount. Uh, Olympian Caitlin Weaver says her heart goes out to Shakari Richardson after Russian figure skater Camila Valieva was allowed to compete despite failing a drug test. Uh, Richardson was suspended in July and left off the U.S. Olympic track team after positive test for THC. So uh, Caitlin was on uh, CNN talking about this. Now, Travis Tigart, T-Y-G-A-R-T, the head of the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, told CNN that Russia had, quote, stolen the amount the stolen the moment from clean athletes. Russia had stolen the moment from clean athletes and that the ruling had been rushed. Now this is the head of the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency saying this, disagreeing with the, uh, disagreeing with the IOC. Now in a statement, uh, CEO of the United States Olympic and Para, uh, Paralympic Committee, Sarah Hirschland, said, we are disappointed by the message this decision sends, adding that the ruling denied athletes the right to compete on a level playing field. The ruling denied athletes the right to compete on a level playing field. Uh, I want to go to this clip here. This is um, uh, the ruling from the ILC. Let's go to this clip from uh, USA Today, Shakita. The Court of Arbitration for Sport, actually the ad hoc division of the court, has issued its decision in the procedures relating to the figure skater Camila Valieva. The CAS panel in charge of this matter has decided to let Ms. Valieva continue her participation in the Olympic Winter Games Beijing 2022. The Court of Arbitration for Sport has done something I thought I would never see. It is allowing an athlete who has a positive doping test within the last two months to compete in the Olympic Games 
and very likely win one of the most prestigious Olympic gold medals there is, the gold medal in women's figures. It's for her, the adults are the ones. 15-year-old Russian, Kamila Believa, and the fact that CIS today said that it was okay for her to continue competing in these Olympic Games. Obviously, there's a lot to pick apart here. We, in the next few hours and days, we will know more. But what a devastating blow to those athletes, Katie Ledecky, Michael Phelps, Simone Biles, Michelle Kwan, so many others who've done things the right way, who have fought so hard for clean sport, who have gone the extra mile to prove that they are not doping, to have an athlete a Russian athlete, even though she's only 15, sympathy is there, of course, for her. The adults are the ones we should look at. But still, to have someone who has a positive doping test competing in these Olympic Games is just a slap in the face to all of those athletes doing it the right way. A very dark day for the Olympic Games. So what does that mean now for the team competition? The Russians winning the gold, the U.S. the silver, the Japanese the bronze. But would Russia then lose that medal and the United States moving up to the gold medal? The answer is this decision does not give us an answer on that bigger issue. What's going to happen next is there has to be another case before the Court of Arbitration for Sport, and that would be about the merits of the case involving Believa and that drug test. That could take months, and that's when we would find out if, in fact, the Russians keep that gold medal or if the United States moves up and gets the gold medal. But the bottom line is Camilla Believa has won. The Russians have won, and unfortunately, uh, the, the cause for clean doping is taking a huge hit here today. Okay, so that was Christine Brennan reporting for USA Today. She's a USA Today columnist uh, on sports. Uh, that was Christine Brennan that you just heard. Right before that, you heard an official from the ILC. Okay, uh, we're coming up on a break. We're going to continue this another side of the break, and then... Uh, I want to try to look quickly at the U.S. anti-doping agency's uh, policies on uh, cannabis. And then we're going to talk about Brian Flores, who's going to amend his lawsuit and include the Houston Texans for retaliation. Listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotep. We'll be back in a few minutes. Jeanette Davis is a well-established author with six published books. Black Survival in White America from Past History to the Next Century was published in 1995 and it delves into the history of African Americans before slavery up to contemporary times. The Great Divide Between Blacks and Whites was released in 2008 and her autobiography, Black Just Like My Mama, was published in 2010. Soulful Journey the Business of Beings was released in December 2021 and her two latest books, Echoes from the Heart, Love Throws Poetry, and Master Being Human were both published in January of 2022. Jeanette Davis' writings delve deeply into the psyche of black people from ancient to contemporary times. She cuts no corners and leaves no stones unturned in relating truth letting the chips fall where they may on both African and European doorsteps. Order Jeanette Davis's books today at Amazon.com. Search for Jeanette Davis and get to know her work today. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry. It's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre. I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. The 
only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me. She's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. All right. Uh, I want to go back to this article here from um, BuzzFeed News. And then I want to look quickly at the uh, U.S. Anti-Doping Agency's policies on marijuana. Okay. Uh, Okay. So she tweeted, THC is definitely not a performance enhancer. It can be. We're going to talk about that in just a second. It can be. And I dealt with this back in July when when she was suspended. She recalled how her drug test results were posted within a week and my name and my talent were slaughtered. Yeah. Now, while we're just finding out about um, uh, Camila's uh, drug test and she took it in December. That's strange. OK, she took it in December and this is uh, February, February 15th. OK, uh, so. Let me back up here. All right. So we've got that. Now. Okay. Uh, In a statement, CEO of the United States Olympic Paralympic uh, Committee, Sarah Hirschland, said we are disappointed by the message this decision sends, adding that the ruling denied athletes the right to compete on a level playing field. This appears to be another chapter in the systemic and pervasive disregard for for clean sport by Russia, she said. And here's a statement here. Okay, Um, athletes have the right to know they are competing on a level playing field. Unfortunately, today, the right has been denied. This appears to be another chapter in the systemic and pervasive disregard for clean sport by Russia. We know this case is not yet closed. And we call on everyone in the Olympic movement to continue to fight for clean sport on behalf of athletes around the world. Okay, Sarah, uh, Sarah Hirschland. Now, the stark inconsistency also sparked outrage online with many calling the ruling unfair, with many calling the ruling unfair and some accusing the international Olympic Committee, the IOC, of racial discrimination, okay? Um, Clayton Collier said, I don't remember anyone considering the irreparable harm of suspending Shakira Richardson for smoking pot to cope with her mother's death. Okay, he re- he's uh, responded to the post from the uh, Associated Press, the tweet from the Associated Press. All right, so you have some different responses here now. Uh, I'm looking at my notes here just a second. Okay, many have also pointed out the contrast in what drug each athlete tested positive for. 
Trimetazidine is a performance-enhancing me medication, uh, but cannabis is widely considered not to be and was, in fact, legal in Oregon where Richardson consumed it. All right, now, here's the thing. We talked about this back in July. Whether it was legal or not in Oregon when she consumed it, they don't have anything to do with the policies from the U.S. Anti-Doping League. Okay, so let's look at this here. Let's go to, uh, let me close this out. Let's look at the policies of the U.S. Anti-Doping League when it comes to marijuana. USADA, U.S. Anti-Doping uh, uh, Agency, okay? And let's scroll down. Let's look at... Why are cannabinoids, is, is this the one I want? Yeah. Why are cannabinoids on the WAD prohibited list? So for something to be added to the World Anti-Doping uh, Agency prohibited list, and the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency uh, follows the rules of the World Anti-Doping Agency, for something to be added to the prohibited list, it must meet two of the three inclusion criteria. It must meet two of the three inclusion criteria. Let me blow this up. I want everybody to see this. So we talked about this back in July. But we're going to do this again. A, it poses a health risk to athletes. B, it has the potential to enhance performance. It has the potential to enhance performance. And C, it violates the spirit of the sport. It violates the spirit of the sport. For a, a substance to be banned on, on the prohibited list, it has to meet two of the three criteria. Now, with marijuana, it's not necessarily looked at as a potential performance enhancer, although it can be, and the U.S. Anti-Doping Association recognizes it can be because if somebody suffers from anxiety before competition, marijuana will calm them down and allow them to perform better. And when you actually read the, read the policy, and I went through and read this back in July, it says for some athletes, depending upon the competition, it can be a performance enhancer. Now, in 2011, the World Anti-Doping Agency published a paper in Sports Medicine discussing the reasons marijuana and, cannab and cannabinoids meet the criteria. Below are excerpts from this publication that address the three criteria. One, athletes who smoke cannabis or spice in competition potentially endanger themselves and others because of increased risk-taking slower slower reaction times and pure and poor p-o-o-r poor executive function or decision making okay so depend and depending upon the competition it can be an increase in the danger to others two based on current animal and human studies as well as on interviews with athletes and information from the field Cannabis can be performance enhancing. Cannabis can be performance enhancing for some athletes and sports disciplines. Three, 
use of illicit drugs that are harmful to health and that may have performance enhancing properties is not consistent with the athlete as a role model for young people around the world. Now, you have people saying, well, they need to update the rules. Okay, that's true, but the rules are the rules. I mean, that's what it is. So you can't say, oh, well, we want it, we, we're going to operate based upon what the what it should be. No, I mean, it's every all the athletes know what what the policy is, okay? With the this is from the US Anti-Doping Agency. Now, the US Anti-Doping Agency disagrees with the decision from the IOC. All right? Okay, read the um read the article from uh Sporting News had a good had a good piece. And we talked about this back in July. This is uh, how Shikari Richardson's Olympic suspension differs from Michael Phelps' 2009 suspension. This is from July 5th, uh, 2021, okay? And this goes through and breaks it all down because I went through and read all the policies from the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency back in July to understand their policies on marijuana before I got on the air and started talking about it. Those watching on Facebook and YouTube, keep watching. Right now, it's correct. Wrong behavior is not over till we win. We're kind of forever. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. All right, stand by. Okay, let me disconnect this call. Okay, let's keep going. All right, so in this article here from Sporting News, they go through, they have the link to the piece from the um, uh, U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, so you can actually read the policies. They have this section here. What is what is the Olympic policy on cannabis? What is the Olympic policy on cannabis? And you click right here. According, click on this link. It takes you to the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. Marijuana frequently asked questions. You can go through, knock yourself out read their, all their policies all of it is explained up front so all the athletes know what the policies are all right and then and then also they have an exception as we talked about back in july when shikari was suspended they have an exception for uh a therapeutic use exemption for medical marijuana they have that also us usada will consider a uh, therapeutic use exemption application for medical marijuana for therapeutic use per the World Anti-Doping Agency Therapeutic Use uh, Exemption Physician Guidelines for uh, neuropathic, uh, uh, neuropathic Pain. Uh, all therapeutic uh, usage exemptions for cannabis or other FDA-approved can uh, cannabinoid medications must meet the criteria set forth in the international standard for therapeutic use exemptions in order to be approved. So whether the whether cannabis is legal in the state where the Olympic competition took place and all that stuff, that don't have nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with the rules. Period. That it has nothing to do with it. Okay, so you can go through they go break all this stuff down. What does a threshold for THC mean? Oh, you can go through all that U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. How long? Be, oh, this is interesting here. This is interesting here because you can smoke marijuana 
up until a certain time before the competition. Okay, they have this here. How long before a competition do I have to stop using marijuana or other uh, cannabinoids? So they didn't say you can't ever smoke marijuana. The time it takes for the substance and all of its uh, metabolites to be completely eliminated from the body depends on many factors, including the particular cannabinoid, the dosage used, how often you use it, your weight, your overall metabolism, liver function, general health, and whether you are on other medications. Many cannabinoids accumulate in fat and chronic, uh, chronic users. They can take weeks or months to clear completely from the body. An athlete using marijuana or any other cannabinoid should talk with the doctor before the clearance time for these substances. Hold on, there's another part that I want. Uh, what is the legal status of marijuana? Okay, this part, how long before, what is the threshold? There's another part that talks about how, um, even the, even though it is permitted at all times, the article explains the legal. There's a part where you can use marijuana up until a certain time before it's like 24 hours or 48 hours before the competition. You can't use it before then, something like that. I forgot exactly what it is. Hold on, where is that? I think that, hold on, uh, excuse me, I want to prohibit forms of cannabis noting. W-A-D, let me see if it's, uh, click on the question. There's another section, drug facts, synthetic cannabinoids. It's not there. I think it's another section where they go through and break this down. Cannabinoids exact. However, there are also... Okay, it's another it's another section here. I can't find it now. I think they talk about it in this article, though, because when I was going back researching this back in July, I was like, wow, okay, so you can use it up until a certain time before the competition. The minimum suspension, okay, athlete. Let me see, is it in here? All right. Key changes to World Doping Agency. Oh, I think this is it right here. In competition period, under the 2021 rules. Let me see if this is up on the screen. Okay, hold on. Athlete advisory, key changes to the world anti-doping code. Athlete advisory, key changing, key changes to the world anti-doping code. November 18th, 2020. 
in competition period. Under the 2021 rules, in competition is defined as the period beginning at 11.59 p.m. on the day before competition in which the athlete is scheduled to participate through the end of the competition and the sample collection process related to the competition. Under the 2021 rules, in competition, I-N, is defined as the period beginning at 11.59 p.m., so right before midnight, 11.59 p.m. on the day before competition in which the athlete is scheduled to participate through the end of the competition and the sample collection process related to the competition. Uh, okay, so you can read the rest of this also. This is in uh, another section. This is from the U.S. The U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. Athlete advisory changes to the World Anti-Doping Code. Key changes to the World Anti-Doping Code. All right. Uh, I'm just looking at my notes here because I made notes here on this article. All right. This is uh, USADA.org. USADA.org. And there's a. Right here, we go back to this article from um, SportingNews.com. This is why you have to know. Um, this is why you, you really have to understand the rules and policies in these competitions to understand what's permitted and what's not permitted, generally speaking. Okay, so this right here. Uh, according, increase the size of this here. According to the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, marijuana is prohibited by the World Anti-Doping Agency, a foundation created by the International Olympic Committee, the IOC, in competition unless an athlete has approved therapeutic use exemption. Now, use of the drug can result in an anti-doping rule violation. Marijuana is considered a health risk, a performance-enhancing substance, and a violation of the spirit of the sport. Okay, because two of the three, when we went through and looked at the policy, and they laid out three criteria, and two of the three had to be met for any substance to be banned. Okay, so marijuana can be, marijuana is, uh, uh, meets two of those three criteria. It doesn't have to be necessarily used as a performance enhancer or overall looked at as a performance enhancer to be banned. It has to meet two of the three criteria. US, US, uh, USADA, U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, adheres to the World Anti-Doping Agency Code. Now, uh, where is that? Where is it? right? Okay, this right here. U.S. U.S. Anti-Doping Agency 
states that an athlete can have cannabis in their system at the time of testing, but that the amount cannot exceed 150 nanograms per milliliter. The agency also notes that it can take weeks or months for cannabis to leave an athlete's system and that athletes should consult a doctor about a clearance time between the last uses of cannabis and the date of competition. Uh, minimum suspension, okay. All right, so you go you read through the rest of that and read through their policies. Because the policies are spelled out. All right, the policies are spelled out. Okay, now, uh, there was a good article that Deron Snyder wrote for uh, thegrio.com. And I was, I said I would talk about this for a quick minute. Shakari Richardson's reaction to the ruling on the Russian skater is understandable, but there is a difference. Because he really, um, this is an opinion piece from the Griot, but he really uh, did some good research on this. And I respect good research. He ain't just copy somebody else's article and put his name on it. That some people do. I'm not going to call any names. Okay, let's get this ad out of here. Uh, while, okay, let's close this up. Okay, we can't close this out. While, while their cases aren't exactly the same, no one can blame the U.S. sprinter for being upset about Camila uh, Balieva uh, being allowed to continue her Olympic dreams after failing a drug test. After all, black people are disproportionately punished for using weed. That's one of the things he talks about here in this piece. And he goes and he, he cites uh, statistics from the ACLU. I can't close out this name. Um, according to the ACLU, African-Americans are 3.6, uh, 3.64 times more likely than whites to be arrested for possession, even though usage rates are virtually identical across races. That's true in states that have ended the prohibition on marijuana and worse in states that have not. Some still criminalized states some still criminalized states are arresting African-Americans for cannabis at almost 10 times the rate of whites. Okay, he cites Sarah Hirschland in here, CEO of the United States Olympic and Paralympic uh, Committee. Uh, World Anti-Doping, okay, World Anti-Doping Association strongly disagreed with the interpretation. So here's something that's interesting. Um, okay, so a, what is this, CAS, hold on, 
okay, the world, the, the, um, world anti-doping association said is disappointed by the decision to overturn Valieva's uh, suspension. And they disagreed. Uh, the world anti-doping association strongly disagreed with the interpretation that using banned substances is fine. If you're underage. The International Olympic Committee said there be no medal ceremonies for events that put Valieva on the podium, and she still might be stripped of medals at a later date. She still might be stripped of medals at a later date. The ruling is especially confounding based on Russia's uh, history as a blatant cheater. All right, so read the rest of this here. Hopefully you can get the ad to go away. This is from the griot.com, uh, Shakari Richardson. Shakari Richardson's reaction to the ruling on the Russian skater is understandable, but there is a difference. This is from uh, February 15, 2022. Negrio.com. I like the grill, but not for the purposes of this show because you have all these damn ads. Okay, I want to go to. We did not get a chance to get to this story last night. We, we talked about the piece from Rolling Stone. Um, there was an interview with Brian Flores. So check this. Check this one out. And it was an interview with Brian Flores in three. Uh, NFL players, and one of them is a retired NFL player, and they were talking about solutions to the NFL's problem. And Brian Flores said, number one is ownership. Number one is ownership, okay? So we talked about this on yesterday's show. We didn't get a chance to get deep into it. But uh, read this one here. It's a, it's a good uh, piece by Sean Harper for uh, Rolling Stone. Okay, can I close this out? Because I ain't going to subscribe. I have enough subscriptions as it is. I can't keep up with the subscriptions I have. Oh, come on. Okay, so read this one. Because they want me to... All right. Number one is black ownership. Brian Flores on how to fix the NFL's uh, diversity problem. Okay, I have like about 10 subscriptions to different news uh, outlets, so I'm not going to get one to Rolling Stone. Okay, I literally have 10 uh, Atlanta Journal Constitution, Washington Post, New York Times, Bloomberg, Reuters, uh, Miami Herald. So it's a bunch of them. Now, the article that I want to look at is, we did not get a chance to get to this yesterday. Uh, this is from uh, NBC Sports. Let me close this out. This is from NBC Sports. And this is, uh, Brian Flores will amend his lawsuit to include a claim against the Texans for retaliation. And let's pull this one up here. All 
All right, so this one right here. Increase the size of this. So this is good news. Uh, we know that Lovey Smith got the got the job uh, for the Houston Texans. Now this piece is from February thirteenth. Uh, plenty to see. Plenty of people think that it's fine for a company to slam a door in the face of a current. Uh, or former employee who has had the audacity to file a lawsuit against it is not fine. It's a violation of the of the rights of the person who filed the claim and then was shunned. It's a violation of the rights of the person who filed the claim and then was shunned. And let me close some of this stuff out. Now, it's a point. It's a point that will soon play out for the NFL and the landmark litigation filed against it by former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores. In addition to the pending claims against the league, the Dolphins, the Broncos, and the Giants. A source with knowledge of the situation tells Pro Football Talk for NBC News, the NBC Sports, that the case will be amended to state a retaliation claim against the Houston Texans for failing to hire Brian Flores. Obviously, the Texans will never admit that they passed over Flores for an illegal reason. Rarely, if ever, does an employer confess, rarely if ever does an employer confess to improper motivations for employment decisions. Proof of retali uh, retaliatory uh, intent would come from other less obvious forms of, of evidence. Come from other less obvious forms uh, of evidence. Okay, we can get a chance to talk about this other one uh, yesterday either. We'll try to squeeze that in. Now, Flores was one of the three finalists for the job. Then the job went to Lovey Smith. Common sense suggests that the Houston Texans realized they could not hire unproven and inexperienced Josh uh, McCown, and they would not hire Brian Flores. Lovey Smith became the compromised candidate, arguably thrown into the mix late to allow the Texans to avoid hiring Flores. Cases like this are proven through a careful review of documents such as emails and text messages. Also, key witnesses will be grilled aggressively during depositions in an effort to test their stories and ideally from Brian Flores' perspective to blow holes in them. Okay, so we'll keep an eye on that in that huge lawsuit. Now, CBS Sports had 
this all because we didn't get a chance to talk about this on our Super Bowl show. Like we just had, I had so much content. We didn't have a chance to get to this next article on our Super Bowl show. Dolphins Stephen Ross, owner of the Miami Dolphins, could lose team if tanking allegations are proven true. Okay. And so this, see, this goes into like fixing games, uh, so to speak. Now you're not betting on the games, but if we if we go back um on Sunday's show during the Super Bowl, we, we talked about this piece here from NBC News. Sham interviews, mistaken Bill Belichick texts, six takeaways from Brian Flores' lawsuit against the NFL. All right, and do I still have that piece up? Yeah, good. We still have that article up. This one right here. Okay, this one right here. Sham uh, Sham interviews and mistaken Bill Belichick text. Six takeaways from Brian Flores' lawsuit against the NFL. If we go and look at takeaway number six, I think this is takeaway number six. I hate when they have a list and don't number the stuff. Man, that's just so just stupid. They put it's six takeaways. Why don't you number them? Okay, but the last one is, I think this is the last one because they're not just, just lazy. It's like when people write articles, don't put the damn date on the article. So what are you doing? Okay, Flores said it was a sham interview. Interviewer held. Okay, this is one. I think this is six that I want to go to. To I, I hate lazy ass writers. I really do. It's like when I when I write articles, right? I, I pay more attention to things like that, and I don't even get paid to write the articles. You got people that get paid to write this stuff and just lazy. Five. Okay, I think this is number five, I guess. Flores firing and allegations. He was asked to tank the Dolphins. This one right here. Uh, where is it? Right here. Flores firing and allegations. He was asked to tank the Dolphins, okay? So... For those that don't follow this, in in his lawsuit, Brian Flores' lawsuit, he alleged that the uh, Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, said he would pay him a hundred thousand uh, dollars for each game that he lost, and this was to. Uh, they, they had a losing season. This was so they would get a higher draft pick in next year's NFL draft. And let me close some of this stuff out. Hold on. Where's that article? Okay, here we go. Okay, so Flores 
lawsuit also accuses the Dolphins of, of demanding that he lose games or what's called tanking, okay? Tanking games. The pro sports strategy makes winning a low priority so payroll can be kept to a minimum while a team can be rewarded with high choices in the college football draft that could lead to success in the future. Now, the owner of the Dolphins, Stephen Ross, wanted, according to the lawsuit, Stephen Ross says this is not true. According to Brian Flores' lawsuit, Brian Flores said Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross wanted Brian Flores to tank the season to put the Miami Dolphins in position to secure the first pick in the draft, next year's draft. And Brian Flores said Stephen Ross offered him $100,000 for each game that he lost that season, okay? This is in the lawsuit. Now, when the Dolphins started winning games, doing no small part to Brian Flores, and Brian Flores is the coach, he wants to win. He didn't become a coach to lose games. He became a coach to win games. So when the Dolphins started winning games, doing no small part to Brian Flores, but Brian Flores coaching, Brian Flores was told, Brian Flores was told by the team's general manager, Chris Greer, that quote unquote, Steve was mad that Brian Flores, uh, was Brian Flores success in winning games that year and that it was compromising the team's draft position according to Brian Flores lawsuit. So he, he's saying, wait a second. He starts winning games. The general manager tells him that the owner of the team is mad at him because you're winning games and you're jeopardizing them getting a high draft pick in next year's lottery. Stephen Ross also had asked Brian Flores in 2019 to, quote, recruit a prominent quarterback in violation of league tampering rules, end quote which Brian Flores refu refused to do, the lawsuit says. Okay, so now this is, um, we talked about this article on Sunday show. This is from February 2nd, 2022, uh, NBC News, sham interviews and mistaken Bill Belichick texts. Six takeaways from Brian Flores' lawsuit against the NFL. Now, the piece that I did not get a chance to talk about on um Sunday show or Monday show for that matter. Let's get a jam pack show Monday. Is this one right here from CBS Sports. Brian Flores lawsuit. Dolphin Stephen Ross could lose team if tanking allegations proven true per report. Dolphins team owner Stephen Ross could lose his team if tanking allegations that are in Brian Flores' lawsuit are, are proven true. There could be an ownership change in Miami if evidence proved what Brian Flores alleges. This is from February 14th, 2022, by Patrick Walker for CBS Sports. 
Now, so it talks about the it talks about the allegations here. And let me increase the size of this here. Okay, so it talks about the allegations and hundred thousand dollars offered Brown Flores in the lawsuit claims Stephen Ross offered as much as a hundred thousand dollars for every loss the team landed in twenty nineteen. The alleged goal was to intentionally tank for a better draft spot, something that strikes at the very heart of the league's integrity, something that strikes at the very heart of the league's integrity. And after initially issuing a statement stating Brian Flores allegations were without merit, NFL commissioner Roger Goodell has since done an abrupt and definitive about face. After and after initially issuing a statement stating that Brian Flores allegations were without merit, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell has since done an abrupt and definitive about about face. The league has not only launched an investigation into Brian Flores allegations of Rooney rule violations to promote diversity when it comes to interviewing coaches and ultimately hire uh, more non-white coaches, especially African-American coaches. Allegations of Rooney rule violations, but the New York Giants in their hiring process that ended with Brian DeBall being named head coach, but also investigating claims that Stephen Ross was attempting to pay for losses. The league has launched an investigation into claims that Miami Dolphins team owner Stephen, Stephen Ross was attempting to pay for losses. It's a damning allegation that if proven true could result in extreme discipline up to and including Brown Ross, I mean, Stephen Ross being forced out of the NFL by a vote of other team owners per Ian Rappaport of the NFL network. Quote, I do believe that clubs do have the authority to remove an owner from the league, Roger Goodell said last Wednesday, February 9th, last Wednesday, he had his press conference last Wednesday. It will require a three-fourths vote among ownership, but given the accusations, it is entirely possible. It will require a three-fourths vote, 32 team owners, a three-fourths vote, but given the accusations, it is entirely possible. That is, of course, if the NFL can prove in it in if they can prove that an offer was made to Brian Forrest to lose games, which would also lead to sanctions by the league itself against the organization and not simply against Stephen Ross, team owner. That could come in the form of a massive fine and or lost future draft picks and anything else Roger Goodell feels is justified, although the commissioner won't speculate on what the punishments punishment or punishments would be other than to intimate they'd match the extreme severity 
of the possible violation. All right. So read the rest of read the rest of this piece here from CBS Sports. Brian Flores lawsuit Dolphins Stephen Ross could lose team if tanking allegations are proven true. All right. Uh, so that's so that is huge right there. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of that lawsuit. All right. Uh, be sure to register for the online classes I teach on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, on on Saturday, it's ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Maafa. Understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Uh, we deal with thousands of years of history and, and deal with what leads up to the transatlantic slave trade taking place. Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Maafa. Understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Next class is uh, Saturday, um, February uh, 19th. And the, the class is regularly $130. It's regularly $130. It's on sale $80. We do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. You can go back and watch it anytime. I do a PowerPoint presentation. We have book references, articles, video clips. Uh, we do the sessions 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. And then on Sat on Sundays, I teach from the Civil War to the Civil Rights Movement and Black Power, 1865 to 1968. So we start out in uh, 1803 with the Louisiana Purchase. And then we go through our history and we look at the Civil War Reconstruction Era, 1865, 1877. Um, Jim Crow Era, Great Migration, World War I, World War II, Civil Rights Movement and Black Power Movement. We have a bundle pack. You can register for both classes for only $120. It's a $260 value. And you can use these classes with your children also. They're very visual, very well documented. I would say the content is PG-13. It's not, I don't do a lot of cursing. It's not overly graphic, things like that. Uh, if you've taken any of my online classes with me before, and I've been teaching these classes since 2017, uh, we just started, I just started teaching from the civil war to the civil rights movement, the black power, um, last year in 2021, probably middle of 2021, but, um, understand the transatlantic slave trade. I've been teaching that on and off since 2017. If you've taken any of, uh, my online classes in the past, email me at AHN show at African history network.com and you'll get 50% off the bundle pack. Okay. So returning students, you get 50% off. All right, we have to get out of here. Remember, at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now, it's creates wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. Uh, if you want me to do a presentation also for your group organization, email me as well. Okay, African American History Month or what have you, Women's History Month, Juneteenth. Um, email me if you want me to do a presentation for your group organization. All right, right now, it's creates wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We're kind of forever. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry. It's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre. I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. 
The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reaches out to me. She's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time. Come and travel with me to a time long ago and place far away. You will experience high adventure and excitement. You are fighting alongside an ancient army in fierce battle. Feel the exhilaration of struggle and final conquest. My name is Maninkare and I am both a prince and a priest in one of the most advanced civilizations humans have ever produced. I want you to ride with me in my chariot as I slay the barbarians who have come to invade my land. I invite you to sit at the conference table with the great pharaoh Taharqa and his ministers as they plan intrigue and use subterfuge to outmaneuver and defeat the enemy. Come back with me to the land of your ancestors, to the beautiful land of Kemet. So open the pages of this book and begin the adventure. Find out what happens in the book Maninkare Battles the Assyrians in the Nile Valley from author Makari Jones. Get your copy today at Amazon.com. iRedify is a black-owned digital platform that showcases black and brown cultures and people. The books on the platform are written by African-American authors, Afro-Caribbean authors, African authors, and so much more. Kids 14 and under can read ebooks, listen to audiobooks, and complete learning activities. Kids can even write in the books digitally. Get unlimited access to everything on the platform for only $8.99 a month at iRedify.com. Sign up for your membership today. STEM Forward, helping our community find their place in the emerging fields of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Join us for our monthly live stream on our website, stemforwardedu.org. Watch, subscribe, share. Also join our mailing list to stay up to date with STEM resources and opportunities. STEM Forward, the future is now. Watch, subscribe, share. Abundant Capital Group is a real estate investment company with over 20 years of experience in real estate. They specialize in two areas of real estate. One, they solve real estate problems with creative financing solutions that give the seller the most money for their property. And two, they show individuals how to get a higher rate of return on their investment capital with real estate note investing. If you are looking to sell or need to sell your property, here is what they provide. Market value offer, even if you have little or no equity, they typically pay all closing costs, which can be thousands of dollars. They close on a date of the seller's choosing, and the seller does not have to be out of the house at the time of closing. They take the property in an as-is condition, and the seller is not required to make any repairs. 
Give them a call or email them today for a free consultation and see how they can help you with your real estate needs. Call them at 973-475-8488. That's 973-475-8488. Visit their website, AbundantCapitalGroup.com. That's AbundantCapitalGroup.com. And email them at ACG at AbundantCapitalGroup.com. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Abundant Capital Group. Mental health and well-being have long been a taboo subject in the so-called African-American community. So I enlisted the help of mental health experts, thought leaders, and activists to help kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and heal from post-traumatic slave syndrome. We experience trauma a lot of times um, on a subconscious level. So sometimes something happens to us and we know that it's traumatizing, but we don't really recognize the extent of the trauma. They are emotionally constipated and emotionally obese because again, all the things that we experienced in childhood, we suffocated and we stored in our body. It's a time to kill and it's a time to heal. We've been haunted by the ghost of Willie Lynch and his doctrine of self-refueling trauma for too long. It's time for Willie to die. Die, Willie. It stops for the ghost LOXD block. It's time to kill the ghost of Willie Lynch and get out the matrix. Check out my man Ron Life Speaks at DieWilly.com. Jeanette Davis is a well-established author with six published books. Black Survival in White America from Past History to the Next Century was published in 1995, and it delves into the history of African Americans before slavery up to contemporary times. The Great Divide Between Blacks and Whites was released in 2008, and her autobiography, Black Just Like My Mama, was published in 2010. Soulful Journey, The Business of Beings, was released in December 2021, and her two latest books, Echoes from the Heart, Love Throws Poetry, and Master Being Human, were both published in January of 2022. Jeanette Davis' writings delve deeply into the psyche of black people from ancient to contemporary times. She cuts no corners and leaves no stones unturned in relating truth, letting the chips fall where they may on both African and European doorsteps. Order Jeanette Davis's books today at Amazon.com. Search for Jeanette Davis and get to know her work today. What does self-care mean to you? To us, it's an opportunity to reconnect with nature. A chance to create something remarkable. At Sage and Elm Apothecary, our handcrafted skin care and household products immerse you in Earth's sweetest nectar, connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined. See for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com. Soul in Motion, celebrating 38 years in the arts. This energetic ensemble of dancers and drummers was started by percussionist Michael Friend and is led by choreographer, associate director Pam Lassiter. Based in the Washington, D.C. area, Soul in Motion is now accepting bookings for Black History Month, Juneteenth, and summer festivals in 2022. Soul in Motion is also available for more intimate events like naming ceremonies and weddings. To find out more or book your date, call 
1349 or send an email to info at soulinmotion.org. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Soul in Motion, celebrating our history, our culture, our future. Soul in Motion, theater, African dance, and drumming since 1984.